Hello there, friends. Welcome to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. It's your pal, Andrew, and I'm sitting here with... Tiffany! We are in Bacalar, Mexico, on Lake Bacalar in Quintana Roo. Uh, We have traveled here over the past six months from Baja, California, to the very bottom of Mexico, and uh, in two days, well, two days from the recording of this We'll be in Belize. Maybe by the time this comes out, we'll actually be in Belize. And uh, we wanted to talk to you about some of the shit that's happened to us on the road, our impressions of Mexico. And I want to say this uh, podcast is thanks to a guy named Nick. Easter Day, I think, something like that. Easterly, Easter Day. I don't know. He's a nice guy. He goes by at Drift Mobile Massage on Instagram. I remember that much. He, uh, we met him at the Motherfucker Awards. Anyhow, he suggested that we um, talk about what we saw in Mexico as a podcast. So we're doing that. So thanks, Nick. Um, Tiff, let me ask you a question. Okay. First of all, I want to say, <laughs> before I ask you that question, we're, we're sitting on a little pier on this lake. Where I could just put my fingers in the water from where we're sitting. So that you may hear, like, boats come by or people come by and ask us questions so don't freak out anyway um tiffany when we first went into mexico like do you remember how you felt when we were getting ready to go like to cross the border of course i was i felt very anxious very nervous scared and excited Pretty much in that order. <laughs> yeah. And how do you feel now, six months later, about your time in Mexico? I don't want to leave. It's been um, quite an amazing journey so far. Um, this country is, continu- or always, continually surprises me. Um, you do your research, you hear from other travelers. But you still have your own amazing, unique experiences. And um, I would honestly like to stay for another six months, but I also want to keep traveling. So we go. We go. We're, um, our temporary import permit for the van is up. We got a six-month thing, probably because I ticked the wrong box when we got into the country. Because we've met many other people who upon arriving in their motorhomes or vans or livable vehicles have gotten a 10-year permit for way less money. In any case, that money is refunded at the end, but we gave up 300 bucks right there at the border to only get six months, whereas I think the 10-year permit is $60. So go figure. Uh, Let me ask you this. What were you nervous anxious afraid and excited about when you were crossing the border specifically the negative emotions of nervousness anxiousness and fear um well to put it bluntly the mexicans in mexico you know you hear and or i don't know if everybody does but for me it's a lot of negativity about this country and um, a lot of fear about this country um but it's also based on a lot of uh, lack of research, maybe, or lack of experience. It just keeps be- being fed to you. And um, 
So, I mean, I was, that was mainly what I was afraid of. And, you know, like the unknown, like you're leaving your comfort zone, you're leaving your, your home, your routine, your job. Um, and it's all brand new and foreign. So, um, I think those were the main emotions, but the desire to get out and see what's out there and experience it for myself was just a little bit stronger than the fear and the anxiety. And to be fair and, and clear, you're not saying that you're afraid of Mexicans because you've had many Mexican friends. Right. We've, we've both had many Mexican friends. I know you're not saying you're afraid of Mexicans, but the the, the narrative fed to us about Mexican people, I mean, you, it's you're smart enough to know that the people who say that type of stuff are generally not very smart people. True. And some of the people who are saying that type of stuff to us are smart people, but they were getting bad information. And, you know, you, you can't necessarily fault people for the information they get, but what they do with that information. I mean, just to be honest, we were catching shit from family uh, in a way that was just negatively productive and I think we've talked about this before, like the concept of discouraging someone from doing something uh, is, man, it's like, it almost always seems to happen when you need the most courage. When you could use courage the most, someone is trying to discourage you from doing something of which they're afraid. And I guess they're afraid for you and afraid for you know us, but um, it was very, it, for me, when we crossed the border, I was fine up until like the day before and certainly the day of. And then I started getting all this anxiety about shit that I was not really concerned with before. But this pressure coming from outside forces was, I mean, it was irritating. I was angry about that and then nervous because, you know, you can certainly be wrong and they can be right. We very easily could have been hijacked robbed, murdered, any of those things certainly can happen, but it could have happened in L.A. before we ever even hit the border. Yeah. It could have happened in Alaska. It could have happened in Canada. I mean, we've stayed in some remote, remote places in Canada. So, I don't know. Anyhow, I don't want to harp on the negative too much, but um, I think it's worth pointing out that uh, the expectation of Mexico and what we were afraid of, like many many times in your life when you're afraid of something it it doesn't quite live up to reality that's true I mean obviously case in point you know like and it wasn't just you know the narrative we were hearing from friends and family you know if you go on to the U.S. travel website I don't State, State Department website State Department website I mean if you look at it from Mexico it's uh, yellow and red and maybe a little green in Baja, maybe. But it basically is like nowhere is safe in Mexico. And, you know, that's just, you know, like there's unsafe places all over the world. Definitely in the U.S. You just, you know, you know where those are and you don't go there. And, you know, I, I had to come into Mexico with that that mindset as well. Like, yes, of course there's dangerous places. There's dangerous places in San Francisco where we were living. You just know where they are, and you avoid them as best you can. Um, or, or when you go there, you're cautious, and you don't you don't go to the 
uh, you know, the sunset or, you know, the hate in the middle of the night and try to buy heroin. Yeah. I mean, maybe you do. And if you do, that's your hip to that scenario. If you're just like some green cracker going in there and you don't know what you're doing, buying heroin in the middle of the night is probably a bad idea. You know, it, you go with what you're comfortable with and what you have an understanding of. And, um, and we did not come to Mexico to buy heroin. I'm going to make sure that everybody understands that. And all, and we've never even been offered heroin. Or maybe we've been offered like some pot or something. I think that's like the strongest thing we've been offered. Maybe some mushrooms. But anyhow, that's not that's neither here nor high. Crossing the border. Crossing the border was great. Um, but I want to say, I probably should have said this in the beginning. We have on our website, mtp.dog, a route map where you can go and follow along and see where we've been, everywhere we've been actually, from our beginning uh, initial launch on our way up to Alaska, down to Baja, and then from Baja to here. There are two little separate things you can click on. And fucking weirdest of all is you can actually just see where we are at any given moment. If, if there's a signal for our phone, you can get on the internet and see where we are. Um, and it's kind of funny when you look at it, like zoom in, you can see us bouncing around towns, like just, you can tell where we've been staying and like whatever coffee shop we go to, or I don't know. It's just kind of funny. We just tend to zigzag across towns and walk around. Okay. That's real exciting. Uh, did I mention we call our journey into the mild? Anyway, uh, I want to, uh, I know you've got some stuff that you want to talk about specifically, but can you um, tell everybody what our just bullet-pointed route was through Mexico? Sure. Um, we entered through um, Baja. The city of? Uh, Tecate. We chose that because we were told by a couple of other travelers that it was quieter and easier. And it. I don't know Tijuana. I've heard Tijuana's crazy. But Tecate was super, super easy, very quiet. Um, very friendly people. We, of course, had the wrong paperwork, but they were kind enough to reprint the right stuff, and we were out of there within, I don't know, an hour and a half. Um, from there, Ensenada for the night, and then we've slowly made our way zigzagging um, back and forth between the Pacific Ocean and the... Um, Golfo de California. Golfo de California. Um, because fuck Cortez. see. Um... And ending our time in Baja in La Paz, we were there for a couple of weeks, took some language courses, and then we took the ferry from La Paz to um, Mazatlan, and we were there for a couple of days, and then headed to Guadalajara, then was around Lake Chapala, then up to Guanajuato, San Miguel, Oaxaca, uh, Cholula, Mexico City. Uh, Back to Oaxaca. And back, uh, back to San Miguel. <laughs> back to Oaxaca, back to San Miguel, back, yeah. And then we went up to the Yucatan after being in Oaxaca for another almost month. Um, no, you're skipping uh, Chiapas. Oh, shoot. shoot. Yeah, from the shoot. coast. We spent your birthday on the coast right. of, uh, of Oaxaca, the Oaxaca coast. Took the long road all the way around down to Palenque, we made this crazy circle. And if you look on our website, the route map, you can see we went from the coast of Oaxaca, uh, south and east, in this crazy big-ass circle over 
um, just bananas roads. They were beautiful, but tope, 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 tope. Stopping in the city of San Cristobal, which was strange and beautiful, uh, and then hit many ruins and things like that on the way down through Chiapas, um, eventually coming up through uh, Via Hermosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when we went back to Oaxaca. I'm sorry. And then from Oaxaca, we have we stayed in Oaxaca for another almost a month. I went back to San Francisco and worked for a couple of weeks, and you did more Spanish lessons and meeting other travelers at the most fabulous campground in this country of Mexico as far as we're concerned, El Rancho um, in Tule, right outside of Oaxaca. Met tons of travelers there. Um, And you'll be able to stay there as an Airbnb guest if you don't have your own traveling vehicle too, El Rancho RV Park. If if you're ever interested in going to Oaxaca, that's the place to stay because you can go you can go to Oaxaca for like 11 pesos you can be in Oaxaca from there and it's just it's this cool place with a pool and a big open green field and the nicest family in the world runs it you can cook there and hang out anyway it's our tiny commercial for El Rancho RV park um, and if you're obviously if you're traveling in a van or a motorhome or any shit like that this it's the place to stay mm-hmm. but sorry I interrupted you that's okay I didn't really do much. That's probably it. I went into the city a couple times, did a lot of pool time. Um, I don't know. That was it. Red. Just took it easy. And then after Oaxaca, we attempted to leave. <laughs> and there's a lot of protests in Oaxaca. Um, and we hit two roadblocks. Um, and, but we finally got to our destination of the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, we went to um, Campeche first, and then we went to Celestun, and then we went to Uxmal Ruins, did some cenotes, went to Merida, um, then over to some more cenotes, Chichen Itza. We hit Tulum for a couple of hours, and then now we're in Bacalar. We've been here for like four days now or something. And it's a beautiful, calm, tranquil spot. It's very nice. It's very nice. It is calm and tranquil, but right now we're kind of watching this dude who is so potentially super borracho uh, try to paddleboard. <laughs> I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's singing to himself out in the middle of the lake and continues to just like paddle crazily and then fall in the water and get back on. I kind of think he's dancing a little bit. Sort of looks like he's dry humping the board. Can't possibly be actually dry humping the board. Anyhow, sorry. Um, So yeah, it's been a pretty cool tour of Mexico. For six months we've been tooling around and there's so much that we haven't seen of of the city or of the the country, um, particularly the northern part. Um, I I know you have like specific shit that you want to talk about. so I want to get to that, but there's there's so much we could tell you, but I think generally impression-wise, I want to say that for me, the I'm never surprised at how nice people are generally, because that's I, I want to believe that about people. I tend to operate on that that premise that most people are all right. You know, you can generally tell when they aren't. 
uh, and for the most part, you're going to have a good experience with people. But in Mexico, they've been so kind. I mean, just go out of your way kind for the most part. And the shysters and the fuckheads, they, they exist. They're just part of the deal. Of course, a lot of the police we've run into have been shitheads. Uh, and we've actually started filming, which is bizarre. But our first encounter with a police officer was very suspicious. I mean, it was a very bogus scenario. And he was starting to kind of hassle us about not having some documentation or having done something wrong. And he looks, everything's going south. And he looks and sees that Tiffany is holding up the telephone and filming. And suddenly he's like, but today I'll let you go with the warning goodbye. And that, that ended it. So we thought, okay. I guess we'll keep doing that. And every single time we've been pulled over since, the whole scenario has fizzled to nothing as they walk away uh, for fear of, I guess, maybe us turning in that footage on a bogus thing. I, amazingly, we really do not do much law-breaking in the van. We try to keep it as as legal as humanly possible. But occasionally we'll get pulled over for having Pele in the front seat um, while six cars are passing us with 12 people in them, five of whom are in the front seat, no seat belts. So it's, there's some bogus shit that goes on. And I, I gotta say, that is one of the things that makes me the most angry about this country is like that blatant, um, corruption behind a badge. And while I understand, you know, it's way worse for, uh, people who are shot to death by police. You know, there, there are things about the policing in America that we certainly need to improve upon, but it is not a regular occurrence to get just straight hustled by cops. You might get hassled by cops, but they're not trying to enrich themselves by fucking you over. Generally, a, a bad cop in America is like a, it's a rarer thing, I would think, than I've experienced here. Because every time we get pulled over, it's some bullshit scenario. But that could be me and my white boy lens seeing Mexico as a white guy who knows and we often say this every time we get pulled over if can you imagine being Mexican and pulled over in the United States the amount of fear you would have of how that situation would go down so we try to be open-minded about it but I mean experiencing ass an asshole is experiencing an asshole and just about every time with the cops it's been some sort of asshole situation but uh for the most part Everybody we've met has been great. We've met very few dickheads outside of cops. And we're just crazy, crazy grateful to be in the presence of these lovely, lovely people. And uh, we encourage anybody who wants to travel in Mexico to do so. You know, of course, do your research, but don't believe everything you read. And, uh, and get out there. See it. Um, Tiffany has a sheet that she has written down on things that she wants to tell you. But uh, I'm going to ask her one more question, and then I'm going to have her tell you all that stuff on the sheet. But Tiffany, how do you figure out where we're going to go and what we're going to see? Um, well, first I read. I have a travel book that I read. I get one on... I got one on Mexico, and then I have one on Central America, and I have one on South America, and I try to read those as much as possible. It always takes me a couple of readings to, like, solidify it. And then I 
talk to other travelers. And get their experiences and get their advice. Um, a lot of places we camp, there's other travelers there as well. Quite a few of them are going in the opposite direction. So they've already seen where we're going and they can give us some really great tips. I always try to make sure I um, try to have that. And we use this amazing app called iOverlander that we were first introduced introduced to like on day two of our trip we had never heard about it but some great friends from new orleans told us about it if it doesn't even matter if you're a traveler or not you should just get the app it's fantastic it tells you it's a user populated app it tells you campgrounds that are you have to pay a fee or they're free um, it shows you all kinds of amenities in every area and that's the letter i oh, yeah. and then the word overlander it's all one no space type of thing, but it's the letter I, Overlander. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's great. And that's kind of, kind of it, really. Um, just word of mouth and reading just the guidebooks. And What guidebooks do you use? I'm not um, really particular. The one I got in Mexico, I actually didn't have a guidebook for Mexico when we came to Mexico. Um, I got it in Todos Santos, which is in Baja Sur. Um, and it's, I think, The Rough Guide to Mexico. And then my other books are... Um, Lonely Planet. Lonely Planet. The ones on Central America and South America are Lonely Planet. Are you happy with those books? Do you feel like the information is largely accurate, inaccurate, or uh, hot and cold? Um, I would say the information is mostly accurate, but these books always are... You know, they're never brand new when you read them. The ones I have are 2016, so obviously things change. Um, so the prices are never reflective of what they are now, so you have to take that in mind. But for the most part, the things I've read about are still there, and what they've said about them is pretty accurate. Um, and there's always Google. So. Yeah, there's Google. We do, um, we do some wild goose chasing, thanks to those books, and often... Honestly, thanks to Google, yeah. we'll go to look up, we look up something and we go to it and it's not there. That happened to me yesterday. I went to a place that is literally, I don't know, five blocks from where we are. And uh, Google sent me a, almost a mile away, the wrong direction, on the wrong side of the road. And uh, it was amazing. I, every local was like, no, no, it's just over here. And I, for some reason... I was like, well, I mean, Google Maps, maybe I'm not understanding their left and right. No, they were totally right. I understood completely. I'm just an idiot. And I followed a computer in my pocket instead of a advice from a guy who lives here. But anyhow, yeah, for the most part, I, I would say our guidebooks have done us right. And Tiffany does a fabulous job of figuring out where we're going to stay, where we're going to get water, where we're going to get fuel, everything. She handles all the navigating um, and, you know, is... I would say got a 87% accuracy record for getting us where we need to go and, uh, and does a, does a really good job. And I, I probably have a less than 87% chance of, um, staying cool behind the wheel. So yeah, it works out. All right, Tiff, I know you're dying to read the shit on your list and tell us about what you've written down and your impressions. What, what do you got there? What's the first thing? Let me see what this thing says. <laughs> Here comes Tiffany Couch's pros and cons 
of her visit to the wonderful country of Mexico. Okay, my pros. First of all, what Andrew said, the people. The people have been, generally speaking, the most gracious and kind and happy, loving people that um, we've experienced. And it's in general, too. Like, even if, you know, we've experienced this numerous times and other travelers have said the same thing. If you're walking down the street and you see someone and they maybe have a closed flat face they're not like they don't seem very welcoming if you just say buenos dias buenos tardes they light up with a big smile they reply back and it's just like i don't know i always love that experience i never get tired of that and it happens all the time even dudes with like neck tattoos Mm -hmm. that look tough and strong and are you know like a tattoo on their face kind of scowling almost you're like buenos tardes and they buenos tardes yeah yeah um And then you see one of the things that I've noticed here that um, we see quite frequently is hand-holding. And hand-holding of like um, a father and a child, uh, son or daughter, doesn't matter, always holding hands. A mother and a son, a mother and a daughter, always hold hands. And grandparents and younger children, always holding hands. And adults holding hands. Like you'll see an adult woman and her mother. Right. Right. It's, um, it's, to me, that's super sweet. And I, I mean, I'm sure it happens and, and, oh, I'm sure it does happen. It's just not a common thing that I've experienced. Um, and we see it quite frequently everywhere in Mexico. Um, but they're, they're just a very warm and welcoming culture in general, as far as my experience has been. Um, and always very helpful. Like, you know, they'll go out of their way to show you something or bring you something. Like we rented a campground in this little town and we asked if we could have a fire and the guide said yes. And then he said a guy would bring us the wood and we like followed this guy. He, I think he chopped some of the wood, put it in his truck and then drove us to where our campsite was and dropped the wood off which is probably a couple of miles from the office. Just, that's what they do. Like, I, to me, I thought that was incredibly kind. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the best. As we're talking about how great people are, there is an asshole bearing down on us right now on a jet ski. And I got to say, this lake, it's not the kind of place you just really need a jet ski. I don't know. Maybe jet skis are fine, but it just seems like a dick move to be on this gorgeous... I mean, this lake is crystal clear. You can see the bottom everywhere. It's pristine and beautiful, and there's dipshit heading our way on a freaking jet ski. Anyhow, um, all right, give us a con. Back to my pros. Cons. I want to go back and forth. Come on, give me a con. Okay. Cons are trash. Trash. Trash is a bad thing here. They don't have... It's set up, we're very fortunate in the U.S. in a lot of ways, and I guess our sanitation is one of them because you see garbage in a lot of beautiful places, and it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, so that's that's a con. Give me a pro. Pro. The, um, to me, I was very surprised with the variety of landscape that we saw. I know that sounds like kind of obvious and hello, but to me, for some reason... I kind of picture Mexico desert-like everywhere. (laughs) 
which is ignorant. But um, that's just what I had in my mind. I knew there was like, you know, Mexico City had an elevation, and, but I didn't really think about mountains. There's mountains here. Never thought about that. I mean, it has everything. It has the ocean, it has the desert, it has the hills, it has beautiful forests, um, mountains. They have mountain towns that we visited, um, valleys. I mean, it's just beautiful green grass. I don't know why I thought it would be sand and dirt everywhere, because I'm ignorant. But it's quite a beautiful, beautiful country. Another con. The dogs. The dogs make me very sad. There are a lot of street dogs, a lot of stray dogs, and they, not all of them, but at least once a day, my heart breaks a little because I see a super, super sad, skinny, just poor little dog. I want to take every single one of them. But they're also very nice street dogs. We haven't really met any aggressive street dogs. Of course, they come and bark at you and maybe walk behind you and bark, but none have ever tried to attack us with our dog. Um... We've been pretty fortunate with that. Thought, that was a scary thing for me to think about. Yeah, I think mo- the most aggressive dogs we've seen are the ones that live somewhere. Yeah, if they're guarding something. But if they're out in the street just hanging out, they're usually super chill. And half the time they're just laying there and you walk by and they don't even care. But Okay, another con. Or another, sorry, another pro. Another pro is that because... I guess there are so many loose street stray dogs. They wander in everywhere. They go into mercados. They go into restaurants. They go wherever, and nobody really cares. And in that um, aspect, Pele can go everywhere. Um, there's been so many restaurants that you would assume, nope, he can't go in, and you just ask, and they're like, oh, of course, bring him in. Um, he's been welcome in so many places um, that we didn't, you know, never would happen in the U.S., never. Give me a con. This is super, super white girl California, but there's no Dr. Bronner's and there's no Frito Scoops. Okay. <laughs> Give me another pro. <laughs> um, again, the, this amazing campground we stayed at in, uh, outside of Oaxaca. It has been like a super magical, wonderful, beautiful, safe, secure experience at this campground, El Rancho. Um, we became really good friends. I feel like we gained quite a few friends and just with the owners themselves and not mention other travelers um, and it was one of Pele's favorite places hmm. and that makes a big difference um, that's a pro. yeah yeah I, I'll give you a con uh, the tope like honestly people will talk shit about the road conditions down here and they're yeah they can be a little rough I mean we lived in New Orleans where 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 road conditions are pretty awful in a lot of places um, but the tope, if you don't know what a tope is, consider yourself lucky because you would know <laughs> if you'd experience them. Um, they are, they're speed bumps. You know, typically in the U.S., if you encounter a speed bump, it's in like maybe a upscale neighborhood where they want you to slow down. But generally, they're just in parking lots. In, in Mexico, very often you will find topes on highways. Like on a on a major road going from one place to another, certainly in towns, they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere, and uh, they're not always clearly marked. They're not painted. Um, it, it's a pain in the ass, and you occasionally you'll hit one going 35 miles an hour, and all your shit flies in the air. It's very hard in your suspension. I hate the tope. I'll give you a pro. Um, 
We've mentioned uh, everything except for one of my absolute favorite things in the world, which is the food. The food here is outstanding. I love Mexican food. I, um, and, and I've been sick like three or four times. Tiffany has been sick zero times. What and, kind of sick? Yeah, I mean like ass sick. Like diarrhea where you go to the toilet and you cry a little and you go back and you lay back in bed and just as you start to get comfortable you have to run to the toilet again repeatedly through the night. Uh, it's rough. Tiffany's never gotten it. I am a little bit more of an adventurous eater. Tiffany does not eat meat. I eat meat. Um, and that's been, uh, it's made things interesting. In not so so good ways sometimes, but it's in, in most cases. And I've eaten a lot more meals than I've had cases of diarrhea. And uh, everything from seafood to uh, meat dishes to even vegetable dishes. We, we took a cooking class. We've done all kinds of stuff with the food here. Uh, we've cooked a lot ourselves, made some delicious meals with people, um, and have just had such good luck with the food. I, I'm going to, I, from what I hear, the food doesn't get good again until you get to Colombia. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. We'll end up doing a lot more cooking probably. It is inexpensive to eat here, and it's inexpensive to eat well. So cheers to the food in Mexico. Can you tell everybody, give them some prices, a general idea of what things cost here? So the other day we went to a taqueria in, um, what was the name of that city that uh, Paco told us to go to? Oh, Merida. Merida. In Merida in the Yucatan, this uh, San Fernando taco shop, taqueria, San Fernando. Holy shit, it is good. I had six tacos and two tortas and uh tiffany had nothing because there was only meat options and she just watched me stuff my face and we walked out of there for like maybe seven dollars it's like i think it might have been it was definitely under 10 bucks we had two drinks the tacos are like not even 20 pesos i think maybe they were like 15 pesos which is 75 cents 20 pesos is a dollar and these tacos are perfect. They're like two bites when you're an idiot. Um, and you've got a big mouth, which describes one of the two of us. Um, and it, oh my God, they're just incredibly savory and delicious. And the mixture of fat and crunch and like a little bit of uh, acid cutting it through tomatoes or um, maybe just a little bit of lime, salt, salsas. Oh shit, it's so good. Anyhow, the food here is incredible. It's cheap. You can get completely full. Yesterday, I, what we fed three people, uh, it was me, you, and a guy named Skander, uh, who's an upcoming podcast guest, by the way, um, for like 15 bucks. And we had so many tacos, drinks. Uh, it was absolutely delicious and worth every single peso. Yeah, like on average, I think for us, an expensive meal would be seven dollars a person for a plate of food um and that's that's expensive here um but usually it's like two dollars for a plate um if you get a beer it's like a dollar fifty if you get a glass of wine it's the same price most of the time the most expensive glass of wine i've paid for was like five dollars a glass um that is another pro the 
the dollar goes a long way here. Gas prices are about the same as they are in California, which is, um, honestly, it feels wrong to complain about the price of gas because gas should be expensive. It's a goddamn precious resource that is uh, detrimental to the world, but uh, facilitates amazing things. So, yeah, I, I don't want to complain about gas prices ever because it should probably be like $10 a gallon, honestly. So the fact that we're only paying like four is a, uh, a screaming deal. But if you're used to paying two something or three something, you'll freak out when you come to Mexico and see how expensive it is. Uh, you do have to watch out for scammers at the gas stations. Um, we drive a diesel, so we always make a point out of, because <laughs> you cannot pump your own gas here. It has to be pumped by someone else. Uh, so you got to make sure they put the right type of fuel in. You got to make sure that they zero out the total and you gotta, you just got to watch them. They'll palm your money and be like, no, you didn't give me enough. There's little hustles and scams, so you got to watch out for that sort of thing. But fortunately, we haven't really run into any bullshit with, with things, but we've certainly heard about it, and we're aware of it being the case. And I'm, I like, to, like I said, to give people the benefit of the doubt, but when I go to the pump, I'm right there on them. I watch them. I, I, I will point and ask for them to zero the thing out. I hang out, I talk to the guy, I always wash my own windows so that I'm kind of present for the whole transaction. So anyway, um, yeah, things are just inexpensive. Groceries are inexpensive. Places to stay are inexpensive. We've we've stayed in a couple Airbnbs and a couple like motels, like just occasionally if we want to shower or get in some air conditioning or something. Um, and when my mom was in town in Oaxaca, we stayed in an Airbnb. And they're just, it's just not that expensive here um and it's in large part due to the earning potential of a lot of people i mean it's not like it's just for the benefit of gringos to come down here and save a bunch of money you know there are other things attached to it but it does make traveling here possible for people who are currently not working and whose patreon support while appreciated is not exactly you know raking in a bunch of dough um yeah the money goes a long way the food goes a long way, and it's worth putting in your mouth. It's worth coming down here. It's worth uh, challenging the fearful shit, um, not denying that it exists, because there are, there are reasons to be cautious. And, and one of our early guests in Baja told us, if you're a specific kind of idiot, you will find a specific kind of trouble. And I think that is very, very true. And we're not out of this country yet. We still got a couple more days, so we still have to be vigilant and careful and, um, I don't know, count ourselves lucky. But I, I want to keep this one short. I don't, I don't really have too much else to say other than it is worth your time to come down here and experience this place. Tiffany, what do you got to say? I 100% agree with that. And just like with anything we, we experience, we have to respect it and respect the culture and the people and where we are going. Um, so you have to, that's one of the ways I tried to come to Mexico with that kind of mindset. Um, and also, you know, they, you know, one of the things I think that helped keep us safe is we don't, you know, you do your research and you go to places where you, it's good to go. And when you read about a place that's not good to go, you don't go there. Uh, you don't drive at night. Um, and you know, we're kind of 
old people in a way. We don't like to go out at night really, so we never really went out and hung out late at night and did the bars or anything like that. So we really didn't have, I mean, up to this point, no real problems. Um, and I am super, super happy that we decided to drive through this country. It's been a fantastic experience and a huge learning experience um, that I have tried to welcome with all of my heart. But it's been great. Um, and I do recommend people to come here. If you have any questions for us, please ask. We would love to help in any way we can with anybody's thoughts or concerns or ideas and if they want to travel here we can do that yeah uh, mtp.dog forward slash contact for questions uh, we'll answer them viva mexico si viva mexico ok until next time adios ciao mi bien despierta mira que ya amaneció ya los pajarillos cantan la luna ya se metió